All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Dog Guitars, located at 141 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Gray Dog Guitars is an authorized tailor, Gretsch, Guild, and Reverend dealer with a friendly, knowledgeable staff and a welcoming environment. Whatever you are looking for, whether to buy, sell, or trade, Gray Dog Guitars has you covered. So stop by today and check out their great selection of new, used, and vintage gear and check them out at www.graydogguitars.com. Welcome to The Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey all, today we have an incredible guest. Her name is Kat Leone. In death, there is rebirth. In adversity, there is hope. And at some point, everyone experiences their own personal holy war. This would be the same for Cat Leone, frontwoman of the Los Angeles-based band Holy Wars, whose unexpected loss of both her parents would ignite such a fire in her, Holy Wars would erupt. After their 2017 debut release, Mother Father, a dedication EP to Leone's late parents, Holy Wars forged their own unique sound, combining dark pop, emotional lyrics, industrial drums, aggressive bass, and ambient guitars in their single Born Dark. They followed up with a song called Legend in 2019 and Welcome to My Hell in 2019, which received praise from Billboard, Lady Gun Magazine, Rockseller Magazine, and more, as well as being spun on Spotify's editorial playlist Fierce Femmes and radio play on K-Rock, KCRW, KLOS, WWSK, 88.5, KXRN, and more. Their newest collection of music, released in 2020, proves to kick your ass with highly energetic songs reminiscent of Rage Against the Machine and Night inch nails but with that modern dark pop twist in songs like little gods and get mine leone spits lyrics that are unapologetic commentary on today's current society and gives the listener a vessel for all the piss and vinegar they feel inside holy wars breaks the fourth wall and brings you into a raw mind of cat leone with songs like i hate myself and endless if you'd like to learn more about cat leone or the holy wars please check our show notes for links to their websites and social media accounts everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have an electrifying guest. She is a ball of energy in the best, coolest, most rock and roll way. And I am so excited to have her on today. And I'm so excited she said yes. Please welcome Kat Leone. Hi, Kat. Hi. How are you? I'm well. So um, let's start. Oh, shoot. I'm dropping things. Sorry. Let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? Do you have siblings? Who is your family? That stuff. I was born in Connecticut in a small town called Bristol, and I was born to Sharon and Dave, <laughs> and I have two siblings. I actually have uh, the older siblings, um, but much older. So, like, my brother is- Were like you a whoops? I was, I was not only a whoops, I was a, you can't have kids anymore, oh. because my mom uh, almost died when she had my sister. Yeah. And 
they pretty much said, oh, you're, you're never going to have kids. Like it's done. Like, and she said, that's, that's fine. I have a boy, I have a girl. I'm, I'm good. And then seven years later, I came out. So <laughs> That's what I call not a whoops, but like a miracle baby. Cause <laughs> that's one of those that you were just meant to be here. And then you came out with this big ass voice, which is even cooler. Uh, um, which is funny because my parents had like a psychic, like a guy come to a birthday party and he said to my mom, like, oh, you're going to have a little girl. And she was like, oh, you're clearly a fake because I can't have kids. Like I, I and at that point it was like five years or something. So she was like, Trust me, I would have had a kid at this point yeah. if that was possible. And he's like, no, he's like, she's meant to come to you. It's going to be a little girl. And and he just like predicted and like said my personality, everything. And then that's crazy. I'm like, where's yeah. that guy's number? I want to talk to that guy. Right? Yeah, actually, it's funny because when I got old enough to hear the story and understand what that even meant, yeah. I was like, where is he? And they were like, yeah, he actually stopped uh, doing it after that. Because after a while, he said he got a lot of like, like with this gift came a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. But my aunt was like, everybody was there. I was like, yeah, no, I'm a witness. I'm like, did this even happen? Are you guys just telling me? It's like, no, it happened. That's but, crazy. Yeah. Every I wonder s- if he's still alive. I don't even know. I know. Every same thing. Cause I think that was a, a big thing of probably the era too. But like at parties, people would bring psychics and do all this fun, you know, stuff, tarot readings and stuff. Some psychic yeah. told my mom, actually, many told my mom, uh, I was bar none gonna be a man, a boy. And she was really? like, well, that's funny because she definitely does not have those parts. Um, but I have a very like masculine personality, I think. I was maybe. just going to say, yeah. Yeah, so maybe interesting. They, they sensed your vibe and it's not about the parts, right? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> beyond psychics, let's keep going. So <laughs> Sharon and Dave, you said, is your parents. Mm-hmm. And you have two older siblings and you were born in Connecticut and raised there. Did you stay there for most of your youth? Like, is that where you grew up? Yeah, at this point, I've kind of equal parts my life here in California and Connecticut because when I was a teenager, we were always bicoastal. So okay. my uh, back back story is my grandmother left my grandfather and had a family out here. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> happens, you know? Yeah, and it's funny because back then, you can imagine how taboo that was. Like, yeah. you didn't even get divorced. So that was... So she took, my, she took my uncle and took my aunt and left with the guy and then had two more kids out here. <laughs> but my dad stayed behind with my grandfather because my dad was like in high school and was also very like angry. My dad was like a greaser type, like, you know, very like, I'm yeah. not gone. So he hated California because California was what took his mom away. But my mom loved California and would like force my dad to come and visit his siblings. So I was always bi-coastal. So I would spend my summers out here. Um, and it would be inevitable that I was like, Oh, I want to go to California. <laughs> high school, I'm moving. Yeah. So my mom was like, well, if if she's moving, I'm going with her because that was her dream to always come here. And then my dad was like, well, now I have to go. And then <laughs> eventually my dad loved living out here. So we all uprooted and they got a place an hour north. And I actually, as soon as I moved out here, I got an apartment. So I was living on my own around like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. So I want to get into that, but let's backtrack just a hair before we do. When you were in grade school or junior high, were you already a kid that could, were you with a sing and dance type? Were you a draw in your notebook type? Were you a creative kid? Were you a good student? Yeah. Yeah. I was actually on stage since I was in first grade. Um, but I was a dancer. So before I could even do singing or even care about singing, I, I was a dancer and I would do all the talent shows and it was very competitive. It's really funny. I was like, oh man, I got this competitive gene in me since I was like a kid. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, sixth grade, I had a best friend who was like, cause we live so close to, well, not 
we were like two hours out of New York. So she would go to New York and do Broadway plays and then would live in our small town. And so I wanted to be just like her. And then that's why I wanted to be a singer because my best friend was a singer. So I actually like, I discovered it and kind of developed that. So I wasn't really born like, oh, I could sing. Where there were people in my grade that were like, talent shows in like third grade and singing like a gazelle just yeah. Yeah. for me I was like ah, ah. so I was like really I I made that happen and then I also took piano lessons classical piano and I started doing theater in middle school yeah. and then all through high school I did theater and I went to a, a performing arts school in my senior year in New Haven right by Yale cool um, where it was kind of like fame, if yeah. you remember. Yeah. It was literally like fame. And and we were being taught by a lot of the Yale professors too, because it was like a prep school. So that you would, so I would go to high school in the day and then I would drive 45 minutes to New Haven and then I would go to school there. And it would be like teachers that also taught at Yale. So it was this weird, like, it was called yeah. ACES. It's yeah. still a school today, but yeah. That's I've super a lot cool. Now, when did you, what, what were you listening to and what were you getting inspired by? Because I want to get into the music that you do do. And I have mm-hmm. another question. I have two questions. So that's a two-part two part question. One is, what were you being inspired by as you're going to the art school and doing theater and doing all of these things? Um, and were you setting sights on college or were you the person that was like, I'm not doing any more school. I'm going to go out and hit my career. And was that an I, issue with your family? Either way. Yeah. I honestly, I kind of wish they would have pushed me more. I ended up going to college out here because I just wanted to have a higher education, yeah. but that wasn't my goal. And I kind of did it late in, in like in my 20s or like 24, I went to college. So, but it was, I'm moving to California. Yeah. So, and everybody I went to school with, they were going to New York. So friends went to Wagner. I knew somebody went to NYU. Right. Um, so it would have, if I didn't have that dream to come to California since I was a kid, I probably would have gone to New York. Looked into a more, quote unquote, traditional kind of a pathway. Yeah. And I might've gotten into musical theater because I was already on the trajectory with, with how I was in plays and everything. Um, But the music I was listening to was very much what I'm into today. It was garbage. It was no doubt. Right. So it was kind of more of that alt, you know, rock punk influence. Yeah. Like, I, cause you know, it was late nineties. So I was listening to Radiohead and it was always like the stuff my friends didn't like too, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> they would like in sync. And I was like listening, like we listened to like the Clueless soundtrack and I was like, Oh, this fake plastic tree is like, I love this song. And they're like, Ew, it's so depressing. So like, <laughs> I was always kind of not really in that circle. I always knew like there was something else about me that I, I just didn't know what it was, you know, where I was like, I didn't know it was going to be like, in the band. I didn't, I didn't know any of that because right we didn't have that in Connecticut either. It was very much like sports and musical theater. It wasn't, there was no, I didn't know any bands in my high school. It wasn't like that. There was Wow. No Interesting. Especially having that yeah. art experience too, like the art school experience as well. You had more of like, I guess more of that theatrical Broadway, you yeah. know, kind yeah, of stuff. I think if there was like, if there was more, like if I was lived closer to New York or even in New York, I probably would have fell into it in a younger age than I did now yeah. because it would have been there. But when, you know, when you're growing up, unfortunately you're exposed to only what is in your, yeah. is in your life. So I wasn't really a sports person. <laughs> so it really was like, 
Well, I do like to I do like to be on stage. You know, I got that bug since I was a little kid. And my sister was on stage before me. So I kind of just like followed her footsteps. So she was a dancer. So pretty much like I kind of followed this path of other people doing it first. Like I could do it. And then I ended up like doing it past them. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's it's so funny how that works. Illness of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get when you land in California for you mm-hmm. and you said you got an apartment right away, was it like world of possibility at any point did you go holy shit what am i doing here did you feel lonely it's a big sprawling wide open space how did you find your feet and your footing and your and your landing and how did you find kind of your community and and start your your journey I went through so many like like rebirths. I feel like because you're you're right like it is all that even though I had like the comfort of my family living here and even my cousins I wasn't close to any of them like I think mm. like you know we were close as kids but I mean when you live 3,000 miles away from yeah. somebody like how really close can you be yeah. so when I came out here I did kind of think like all right like I, I know people now like they're just kind of like good luck yeah <laughs> so I and I lived in my Tarzana was my first apartment I got a job at Buca de Beppo as a yeah, as a hostess I, I you know, figured out I barely could afford $500 rent. Like, how do I do it? I think one time though, I'm kind of proud of this, but one time I asked my parents to help me with rent in all the years I've lived here. And that was when I was for $500. rent. You should be proud of that. I mean, it's a feat for any of us at any point to go out on our own, right? I mean, that's a, that's a life feat we all have to conquer at some point. Now it's, I'm the adult. I support myself, whether I'm ready to be that person or not. But In LA, it just, I'm born and raised there, so I had a different experience. But for all the friends that I love that have moved there, it's an intimidating place to just show up, you know? And I think the fact that you've only ever needed help with rent once in your life is probably a gold star you should put on your fucking wall. Yeah, I like, I... I definitely have that in the back of my head because there's so, I think even at that age as a teen, I just knew like, this is like, like, I remember asking them and they were of course very loving parents. So they yeah. weren't like, but they did kind of like, I mean, my, they were, you know, my dad was an auto mechanic and my mom actually turned, became a tarot, tarot card reader. So, <laughs> so like, you know, they're very, like, they didn't really have a lot of money either. And they ended up getting a place in Palmdale because that's all they could really afford um, which is still like, good. I mean, there's, you know, getting a place in California at all Anywhere. is now like, success. Yeah. But back then, you know, I think it was a little bit easier, but, um, yeah, like they did, you know, I kind of had to figure everything out of myself. Like yeah. I wanted to try and get into movies cause I had musical theater. So I was like, Oh, I should be an actor, but I still, I still did music for myself. Like I had my piano and eventually I got garage band and I was like very making very bad music and like, you know, crying me. Like I was very inspired like by Regina Spector at the time and Fiona Apple. So I was yeah. more of that kind of stuff and not so much like what I was listening to growing up. It didn't really, like I wasn't pulling from Marilyn Manson, you know, right. it was all like piano based, but, um, but I really tried to get into acting and my parents knew n- nothing about it. So I was very overwhelming because I had to figure out like, how do I get headshots? How do I get an agent? How do I meet friends? And, you know, I kind of got like the rough years when I first moved out here of training of like people that were born and raised in Los Angeles, meeting a bright eyed girl with big fucking curly hair from Connecticut saying, I'm going to come out here and pursue my dream. (laughs) They definitely like gave me a, 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 I'm trying to find the right word. I was going to say a beating, but not like a physical (laughs) beating, but I definitely got my 
I got such a, quite a learning experience when I came out here. So the first few years was really hard. Well, I didn't know you then. Uh, I would have just given you a, bin, a big hug and been like, yeah, you're like, always what? fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Everybody's a dick. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I kind of like, I, I mean, for better or worse. So it's kind of shaped my, my personality now. So maybe like, I'm not saying you should ever like be a dick to people, no. but maybe that did kind of help me in some way. I don't know. But Well, it definitely, yeah. it's a culture that definitely, um, for lack of a better term, divides the boys from the men, you know what I mean? Or, or from the, the yeah. women, the, the babies to the, the women, you know, um, mm-hmm. being a native, I definitely know that it's one, it's not that people are unkind. It's that they're just apathetic to it because it's everybody's dream. Like everybody <laughs> comes yeah. from the, all over the world to be in Hollywood yeah. for something, you know, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, filmmaking, writing, and you get to a point where it's, you're just apathetic to the statistics. So, and when you're the new person arriving and you think, oh, you know, and then everybody else is like, yeah, not so much kid, you know, yeah, like, give it a couple of years, yeah, give it a couple of years and tell me how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's exactly. amazing. So and, and a lot of people I worked with had that story where they, they were, came here to be an actor, you know, the people that weren't born and raised here, they were like, still waiting table. So I see it now with a totally different view where I'm like, I yeah. understand the pain behind that, you know? Yeah. So. It comes, yeah, it comes from, I think a lot of people, uh, change their mentality through their own processes, you know? But yeah. so where did you, so you're working at Buco de Beppo and you are hostessing and you're trying to get headshots and you're doing all this stuff. At this point where you, you were writing for yourself, but were you mm-hmm. in any way thinking like, I should go out and play a club or I should put my music out? Or was that not even on your yeah. periphery yet? Uh, at that point, no. I started to date my first boyfriend out here who um, was one of those born and raised in LA kind of people like hated implants where I'm like, you realize I'm one of them. Right. But, um, and he was kind of, you know, he was like four years older than me. He was very jaded, but, um, he was a musician and, uh, hated actors. Like he was like, always, <laughs> you're like, like, I'm over oh. two with you right now. Seriously. Yeah. I'm like, I'm How are we dating? Like, why was I ever in this relationship? <laughs> but, you know, young. And I was like, oh, here's one person I can yeah. be friends with. Um, but yeah, he, I, I, he would, I never saw him perform, but he supposedly said he performed in his old band and stuff. He was one of those, like he was like a bedroom musician. And I don't mean in a mean way towards anybody else, but like, I've never actually seen him go out and pursue it, especially to the way I've been doing it all these years. Yeah. The best kept secret is still a secret. I tell that to people all the time. They're like, I'm working on this album. I'm I'm like, put it out. Otherwise it's just sitting there. Let's, and I can see now it's fear-based and that yeah. now back then I'm like, oh, this is why he was like that. Um, but yeah, so I, he would like, I would sing around like just hanging out and he'd be like, oh, don't, don't, don't sing. Like he totally, this was very, um, just, yeah, like <laughs> pretty much it's like, seriously, the whole relationships, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, don't act, don't sing. Like anything that makes you happy, don't do it. Yeah. But so, Glad you let that guy I, go. Yeah, but you know, he's a big reason why I'm doing what I am today because my fucking Scorpio spite, I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. And um, after doing acting for a few years and doing like some cool stuff, I, you know, nothing really great, but like uh, independent movies or I like shot a movie in Romania and stuff like that. And I was just like, I hated it. I honestly hated acting. I hated the the whole thing of it. I hated the directors. I kind of had a Me Too mo- uh, moment where nothing happened, but like it was that situation yeah. where you're um, like, I'm in a place I should not be right now, and this is the option I have. 
Yeah. yeah. It just didn't make me happy. And um, you could tell when you're like, I would get a script and I'd just be like, oh, I got to memorize this. Like, I just like, didn't want to do yeah. the work for it. I didn't like, you know, where it's so different with music where it's like, I want to record, like, you know, so you can tell like what your real passion is just based on how you feel when you do it. Yeah. So um, when we, bro- we had broken up at that point and one of my friends was just like, why don't you try doing music? Like, I can see how you are. Cause I would like show him some of my songs. <laughs> very, again, very just like sad breakup songs. And he's like, but I can see the passion. He's like, it's so obvious. So, and, and so it was kind of like a, a push from my friend, but also like that, well, I can do it too. You yeah. know, he told me I can't do it so I can do it. And it was more just to prove it to myself that I can do it. But I still was terrified of performing live. Like, I remember I would go out. Which is mind blowing knowing the type of performer you are. It is mind blowing. And it's me too, honestly. Like that's why I'm like, I've had rebirths when you're like, I'm like, I've had several lives. I've had nine lives living. For people listening who who don't know Kat yet, she's in a band called The Holy Wars, but she's also in Pep Squad. And you're also, you have other side projects that I'm not pulling off the top of my head. Yeah, just like for like TV stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, but when you see this little keg of dynamite, because she's a teeny tiny little person and I'm a pretty small person and she's a teeny or tinier person than I am. So I know you're a little fairy and, but then you like a little sprout and then you get up on the stage and you're like a million times tall and a million times, ta- you, you turn into what my son calls Optimus Prime, his favorite creature on earth. Oh, hey, and yeah. you're a force. So just hearing that, like Thank that you. detail is hilarious to me and it speaks so much to desire. Like you said, the desire, whether it's just to prove it to yourself or to stick it to somebody else, human will is the most powerful thing. Yeah. Like our capability to decide what we are going to do and follow through when yeah. we do that is the most powerful. I wish we could bottle it because. It's it's something that I wish I could tell every single person like that. I could have told myself when I moved out here is to like. Well, I think also just not giving a crap, just yeah. doing it, you know, because I think we stand in our way so much. And I personally have. And even in my like before this band that I'm in now, like I was in another band for a few years. And um, actually a big story that I, I probably should mention that, I, that I've left out is that Alice Cooper was the reason that I really pursued doing music professionally. So love that guy. Um, yeah. He's I, an Arizonan, had- right, Dylan? He's an Arizonan. Oh, is he I, was, really? I think he's a native Arizona. Am I getting that right, Dylan? Sorry, I'm asking the engineer. Yeah, he's shaking his head. I don't want to give false facts. He's a native <laughs> Arizonan. Um, yeah, he lives here still. He, I owe him pretty much everything because I, I did this like random show where, again, when I was still in that like swing of like not doing acting anymore, but then still like winding in music, but only did it in my bedroom, that kind of a thing. And having my friend like, oh, you should totally do this. I could see it makes you happy. And I was bartending at the time and we had rock band, which was like a video game, like Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would go up like because they would need a, another member. So I would like play with the with, like my customers like, hey, cat, come up here. You know, or I'd sing Creep or like yeah. Max. And, and then be like, OK, and then go back to bartending. And there was a casting scout that would go to bars that they knew had this game. So they found me from there was like, hey, we would love to have you on the show. And I was like, oh, I don't do reality TV because I just think like Big Brother, real (laughs) world, like something I don't want to be a part of that they're going to edit me to look stupid or whatever. And they're like, it's not like that. And um, they're like, just come to the callback. And I was like, I don't play this game. Like, I'm not good at this game whatsoever. I just literally like go up and sing a song and then I get off. 
And I somehow, I, so I went because it was a paid weekend to this callback. Uh, who I was, you know, my boyfriend at the time, another guy, not that part, <laughs> was like, oh, you know, just whatever. What do you got to lose? Like you get a paid weekend and it was for He VH makes a point. Yeah. So I did. And I somehow made it through the callback and the whole time being like, I don't know how to play this game. And maybe they wanted me for that reason because they wanted like the girl that doesn't know how to play right, yeah. to like get the other really avid players pissed off or something. Yeah. So I ended up getting on the show and Sebastian Bach and Alice Cooper were the judges. And um, I, it was literally like, why am I here? Like, yeah. this is so weird. But it was for the experience that I was like, I'm going to try it. Well, whatever. Striker from K-Rock was like the uh, the freaking the, the host or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the host of it. And um, at the end, I eventually got cut because there was a point where they're like, yeah, you don't know how to play this game. <laughs> And you're like, I've been saying that all along, but I'm, have, uh, you know, yeah. well, thanks for the paid weekend and the flyer and the, <laughs> and the food. Oh, yeah. and the- got to the point where they would like pick teams because they would swap you like, okay, not you. And then like, I would be on the team, but not as like a singer, but as like a, the bass or whatever. And the people like, oh, we got her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know how to play this game, but it was a cool experience. I got to meet Alice Cooper and then he asked me, a uh, PA came up to me and was like, hey, Alice wants to talk to you. And I was like, oh okay. Like it was weird. I was like, why? All right. And then he just asked me, he's like, are you, he's like, I know you don't play this game, but, and this is just a TV show, like a reality show. He's like, but do you do this? Like, and he really gave me this encouragement. He's like, this business is terrible. I wouldn't wish it on my kids. He was like, but I see something in you. And it was even back then when I was like, so insecure and still like, "Eh," you know, that whole, just trying to find my, my confidence. He was like, I've worked with Kelly Clarkson and she's no different than you. Like you can totally do it. But he did say, he's like, you know, um, if you are going to, I was like, well, well, if I do this, what, what should I do? Like, how do I, like, how do I just get into doing this? And he was like, get a gimmick. He's like, take it from me, get a gimmick, get a band. And, uh, he said like a couple other things and I was like, okay. I was like, well, if I do this, like, can I send you something? Like how, like if I actually do everything you're telling me. So I met Shep Gordon, his manager, who's actually, I found out years later, is the whole reason we have a Food Network channel. And he's just like <laughs> this incredible force. But at the time, I, no, I was like, nice to meet you. No idea who I was actually talking to. And he gave me his like information. It was like, yeah, if you ever have anything, yeah, feel free to send it to Shep. And I I looked at the address and it was in Hawaii. And I was just like, oh, this has got to be fake. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, he must, he obviously was in LA. Yeah. But I held on to it and then I lost it because I moved a few times during this. And I did everything Alice said. I started to ban. I didn't do the gimmick because like Lady Gaga was really buzzing at that time. And yeah. I was like, oh, I want to be like true to me. So I didn't. Now I look back at what he actually meant by that. Yeah. And it was actually just like have an image. Yeah. Like, no figure out figure out what you're presenting. What? Yeah. What? I mean, you could do the shock and awe thing that he did, yeah. you know, which worked out very well for him. But, you know. I didn't have an image for so long, like of who I was. And I think it took many years for, for me to find that. And I have found that now, but yeah. in my first band, yeah, I, I was all over the place. You yeah. Know? So, um, but yeah. And years later I my, you know, I lost it and it became the story I would tell people like, yeah, Alice Cooper is the reason I'm doing this. Like, they're like, really? Have you sent them anything? I'm like, no, because I don't have the address anymore. Like, and it's like in Hawaii whole, like, and I'm not sure it's even real. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like there's all this. And then I, I, you know, cut two years later, I lost my parents in 2015. And oh, I'm so it, sorry. Yeah. That's a big reason why Holy Wars even exists actually. But, um, so I'm cleaning out their house cause it was like, you know, it was and all on my You shoulders. do not have to answer this if you don't want to, but do you mind me asking yeah. how you lost your, 
family, your parents? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, okay. I've, it's so like casual now to talk about. Not that it's like, it doesn't hurt or anything, yeah. but it is like, I've, it's so much of like my DNA at this point right. that it's like, it's almost like I'm talking about other people, right. you know, where I, I dissociate that, where I'm yeah. like, yeah. So, yes, I can. Um, my dad actually just dropped of a heart attack. And that was the most unexpected thing ever. And my mom was sick for five years and she had a disease disease called sarcoid and it turned into pulmonary hypertension. So that was actually what, what took her life was the, her heart, the heart. Right. But it was a slow decay for five years. And for five years, it was like always the, she's in the hospital. I mean, she actually had like a tube that connected to her heart. And like my dad had to change her medicine out every single day. And it was so much stress on him because like he couldn't even have a bubble in the line because that right. could put her in cardiac arrest. So right. I think the stress of all that for years, and this was my dad's second heart attack. He had a heart attack when I was in Connecticut as, as a teenager. So um, I think it was a lot of that. At that point, uh, he probably should have checked on his heart, you know, but my mom was in the hospital. The doctor just gave us the worst news, pretty much said, prepare six months. Yeah, She probably has. And within a week of getting her home, my dad dropped out of a heart attack. So oh my there was that. And then my sister did help me. My brother, backstory, I'll, I'll say, but we we actually disconnected from my brother. So I haven't talked to my brother in years um, over religious re- reasons, which is crazy. But he joined this very culty religion and said, we're all going to hell unless we join. So blah, blah, blah. But my sister and I, we were, we took care of my mom with also my mom's friends came to help and my aunt was there. So it took a village to help take the job my dad did. And it really gave me a lot of insight of how much he had on his shoulders all yeah. these years. Which also yeah. speaks a lot to who you are, honestly, Kat, because there are a lot of people, you're forging your own life, but yeah. simultaneously taking care of another life of someone you love very much after oh, losing yeah. another, you know, I mean, that says a lot about your internal strength and it says a lot about your ability to do a lot of things well under such a gauntlet of stress, you know? I, You know, I think you're right. And I think when you say like the force and really nice compliments about how I perform, I think it is because I went through that loss because I, I gauged my fear and, and I still have fears. Like I'm not like superwoman or anything, but I gauged my fears against that. I'm like, I literally lived through the worst thing in my life. Absolutely. You're like, anything, I can do anything if I can go through that. Like, I, there's nothing I can't handle. Small, like, uh, you know, being scared of what the audience would think about me, which I have, I've gone back and like had those fears again at some point because I feel like, you know, it's a journey and it's not like, oh, I'm great now. Um, But I, definitely that fuck it mentality where I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care what you guys think. Cause I'm doing this for me. And then when you have that attitude, people like it and they want more, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, well, because I think people it, resonate with that kind of confidence because it's the thing most people, all of us struggle with. We all right. struggle with moments of lack of confidence or lack of understanding of what we're made for or to do or where we're going. The insecurities creep in the cracks all the time. So when you do see somebody who, even if it's for that 45 minutes or two hours on stage and they can bring that, like, I don't care. I'm doing it for me and you're going to fucking love it attitude. People go, yeah, 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 I do love it because I need that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why they're, I mean, I have my heroes that I looked, I mean, like I said, I I thought like I couldn't perform. Like, I mean, my first shows performing, I was like, sweat. I was just like, and I had my little acoustic guitar and it was 
<laughs> terrible, absolutely bombing, terrible. But you kind of have to go through that to like find. I was going to say, I love hearing that too, because it is an evolution. And I think artistry is an evolution. And and I, you know, very few people, if ever, come out the gate, maybe Michael Jackson, just, yeah. you know, standing up there fearless, knowing exactly who they are, what they're doing, why they're there, what purpose they have. The rest of us are, you know, continually growing. So I totally get that. From the very beginning, like with like, 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 so I said, I I didn't, I wasn't born a singer. Like I, I just, I, I made my life the way I wanted it. And, And I can say that confidently now. Um, before I would be like, oh yeah, you know, just like afraid to say that. But now I think at my age and after everything I've experienced, good and bad, I'm like, you know, I've everything I have today, I made it. Yeah. I made this. I didn't do it without help. Of course I've had help. I I, I asked for, you know, you know, I asked friends for help. I, you know, can you get my my music to this person? You know, you have to, because it does take it takes a lot of help to push your your wagon up that hill. But um but yeah, like I wasn't, it didn't just happen is what I'm yeah. trying to say. I didn't come to California and walk down the street and they right. said, you're going to be a star. <laughs> like I just, I made the life I wanted. Yeah. You know? And I love that. I love hearing that. So post your parents passing, mm-hmm. that's a big loss. Did you have a moment of what am I doing or did you just push harder? Were you the, like, I'm putting all my eggs in and I'm going? Or eventually. Yeah. I, at first though, no. I mean, at first it was I didn't want to live, obviously. Like yeah. it was like, but luckily, and and Nick, who's in Holy Wars with me and who was in my old band with me, he was with me the whole time and kind of like helped me through that process of finding music again. But at first, yeah, like I was angry. I mean, I think 2020, as as horrible as 2020 is for everybody my hell was 2015. Like even those six months with my mom, after my dad passed, we were fighting like crazy. You know, my mom, my, the doctors had her on so much like painkiller. She wasn't my mom anymore. She was like a fetal, like kid. Like it was like, and, but then when we tried to take care of her, she would lash out on us because she was the one, you know, it was like this weird thing that, and that's not who she was. Like we had a great relationship, but life and death and fear, her own fear of her own death and just losing my dad. And I was going to say losing your dad too, who she clearly trusted to take care of her, you know? Yeah. Like, and I see that now at the time I was very angry because I was like, I'm the kid and I'm going through losing both of you guys. And, you know, but that was my 2020. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying that in a way that I'm very, you know, empathetic towards people who are taking this year really hard. And, and, And I've had, you know, to oh, girl, you do not have to yeah. apologize or justify that. I <laughs> I think having to sit at home and watch Netflix is a much easier road yeah. than what you're. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's all keep a little perspective here. Yes, it sucks, and yes, there's been a lot of shit. But like, yeah, we're all we have technology, which I mean, look at here we are. You know, um, so, so yeah, we're writing sessions. Like, there's ways to there's move forward. Ways to this. move forward in yeah. your circumstance. Your 2015, I think, definitely can uh, give 2020 the finger. I think that's a much yeah, harder. And I think that's why I push through because people are like, "Oh, you're thriving in 2020." I'm like, "No, I'm just not stopping. I'm right. not letting 2020 stop me." <laughs> and, and yeah. I mean, just yes. I just put a stamp of yes on that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a big divide. I mean, it's an interesting thing because I've seen a big divide and I have no judgment on either. But I think it's really interesting to see the character traits of how people have handled this year. And I think that's a really important thing for people to see in themselves. 
I believe right. that you and I have been on a parallel. I've doubled down. Like, I'm like, yeah. okay, the world's slowing down. I'm getting busier because I just, that's yeah. the way my mind works. But I've seen a lot of people who have sat into that rest in a way that they needed. You know, they're like, I yeah. need to have some quiet and reflection and pause and time with my family and time with whatever thoughts I didn't give time to before. So it's so important. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, just to bookend the part of 2020, I don't think you have to justify, you know, acknowledging other people's feelings, yeah. you know, when we're talking <laughs> about, though, yeah. yeah, there's no <laughs> guilt there for saying, listen, I've had a worse year. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's just what it is. And, you know, and also this year too, you know, I discovered not to make it a sad, but I, my dog has cancer. So I'm bracing myself with him, losing him. So it's like 2020 has given me stuff too that like I have to revisit because they're my parents' dogs. So it's almost yeah. like revisiting that death again. Um, but he's been thriving and pushing through and te- and he's been teaching me lessons too that like anything's possible because even the doctors are like, I don't know, this dog's like still going, you know, like <laughs> doing what you're doing. So um yeah, I think even my doc's teaching me that you can just push through, you know, like life's yeah. always going to give you things that are going to un- be unsettling and challenging and life and death. But how you perceive that and how you choose to suffer is your own. Like, and and I that was a big thing 2020 has taught me with some, some people I've known that are really taking this year hard and, you know, at first reaching out, trying to help. But then there's a point where I'm like, I can't help you. Like you have to help yourself. And I know this sounds insensitive, but in 2015, nobody could have helped me through the loss of my parents. Even Nick was by my side. He couldn't help me through it. I had to come out the other side myself. Right. And it's so true with everyone's own experience of this year. You have to come out the other side yourself. You can call for help, but you can't expect people to literally change your life for you. And And that's that's a wrap. That's life's (laughs) notebook in uh, three sentences. No, you're absolutely right. Um, And I, and I think that's a really important lesson for all of us to learn. And we all learn it in different ways. And you had it five years ago, you know, and, and it's, and having that lesson learned makes 2020 for you an easier experience because you've already done the work, you know. Okay, everyone. Today's episode was recorded at and brought to you by Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Raven Sound Studio is a professionally equipped audio production facility offering recording, mixing, and mastering services throughout northern Arizona and surrounding areas. Whether you are looking to cut a demo, record your next single, or have a full album produced, Raven Sound Studio has the tools and skills you need to get the job done. For more information, head to www.ravensoundstudio.com to book a session or schedule a tour. So let's get into that time as far as the Holy Wars coming together and all of that. Yeah. So that, uh, so it was, it would be three years before, or was it, no, two years, sorry, two years from my parents passing and when Holy Wars would start to become something. I wrote music with Nick during that time and I couldn't write anything. And you and Nick had been friends prior from... Yeah, we were in a band prior, and then we actually, in that band, very cliche, started dating on tour. (laughs) Uh, But we were, like, in that band for four years before anything bloomed between us. Um, But, yeah, but and and it was a year before my parents had passed when we got together. So it was kind of like, well, you can run now if you want, because this is probably (laughs) the worst of me you're ever going to see. But he stuck through it and he's definitely the whole reason I even have music today. Cause I just, you know, him therapy, my own therapy of like making the decision to 
move forward, I think is the biggest thing of all of it. But having that support, I think really helped push me through it. But um, yeah, he, eventually he was like, let's just try to write music. And so, cause he wanted to see like, if I still loved it and how I felt and, and, you know, cause at that point we gave up the old band. Like I, I was done with music cause life and death really showed me before in that other band. It was like, I have to make this, I have to do this. I had all this like pressure and weight on me of what I thought I needed to do to be successful because I was still a bartender. And I was like having that, like, but I'm not doing what I want to do. Cause I'm still doing this, whatever. And then when you lose your parents and you really are like, Oh, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I lost the love of music. I, I hated everything about it, about like that hustle of like having to prove yourself, all that stuff. And like, even if I had my song on TV, it was still like, oh, are you guys signed to a label? Yeah. Like, it was more like what other people thought success was for you as what, you know, even though I was like, totally. oh, I just a milestone, but why do I still feel like I'm not doing enough? You know, so it was all of that I was, I was done with. Um, but within those two years, we... People like little by little breadcrumb me music. Like, let's write for 10 minutes today and just get that spark back in me. And we eventually had a body of songs all written from grief, uh, everything I was feeling. And and that was my therapy of like... I was like, going to say that is so therapeutic. Yeah. Just getting it out. Yeah. Because mm. even though I'm, I'm very it's easy for me to express myself talking, but it still was a different way of actually putting it out towards like, I don't even know, like it's just this different magic that comes well, with that. I totally agree. It is a magic. I will say there's also, in my opinion, a, a different level of um, commitment to it because when it's a song versus mm-hmm. having a conversation, the conversation ends, you go on about your day. Mm-hmm. When yeah. you put it on record, hence the record, you know, it's a record of an event of a conversation. Yeah. It's a record of feelings. It's a record of a time. It's a, which is the most magical thing about it because it lives way beyond you, you know, and it, oh, right. and it hits people yeah. from so many different places at so many different times. But for you, the artist, to purge the grief and to purge out the feelings, but then also know that like it's therapeutic and cathartic, but I'm going to probably have to sing this. Again and yeah. again. I'm probably going to have yeah. to perform this again and again. So can yeah. I put those vulnerabilities down and still hold them and give them away at the same time? Like, I mean, there's a lot there that is different than a conversation. You're so right. Honestly, like you said it better than I could have ever even thought it. Like that is exactly what that was. And and also saying this most vulnerable stuff about losing I mean we have a song called mother father and it was all about the day my dad died on a Saturday and it was raining like I described the whole scenario and saying I don't really perform that song honestly I think I performed it twice maybe three times max and only for very special occasions but every song written during that time was about that experience um and about suicidal thoughts all of it and to say that in front of an audience of people that don't even know you and to just like bare your soul um looking back I am like I don't know how or why I did that, but I because did it. you're a musician yeah. and you needed to. That's why. Yeah. You needed yeah. to. And like Nick was smart enough story. to know you needed to, you know, to help yeah. guide it a little bit. And we did uh we did ended up doing a show. So the show came before we were even a band. Um there was like little I told a few people like, yeah, I think I'm gonna start a new project. And that got to this other band that heard that was playing at the Echoplex. And she reached out and was like, hey, I heard you're starting a new band. Do you want to debut it at my show? And I was like, 
instantly I'm like, oh my God, at the Echoplex too. What? I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is crazy. I almost turned it down because I was like, I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. But then after Nick and I going over it, we're like, we can do this. It. Do it. Let's just do it. Whatever. What do we got to lose? We already went through the worst of it. Let's just go for it. And the reception of that show, like how people perceive, like it was like the biggest reaction we've ever gotten from a show. Yeah. And most of the people didn't even know us because it was, it was their fan base, you know? And we had a few people that might've like seen my Facebook post on my personal page, you know, like, oh, I'm playing a show. But it was mainly people we didn't know. And after that show, like, People were like, where can we find you? Where can we get you? It was like, we didn't even have music recorded. It was yeah. really just like, again, the show came before the band. So we didn't even know, like, we had to, we had to come up with a name right before the that show. That was going to be my follow-up question. Is like, yeah. at that point, did you put a name up on that stage? Had you already decided on the Holy Wars? How did you figure that out? Before the show, we did, because we had to, yeah. <laughs> you know. But, um, but yeah, we decided on, we were going to call it Little Lion first, because... Um, the lion is something to me. I don't know, a spirit animal, but something about my dad, it's just, I'm connected to lions and I'm glad we didn't call it little lion. Cause I, I think the music's a lot more heavy and serious than <laughs> what little lion portrays. Right. But, um, Holy Wars came to be because I would like talk about this feeling of what I've been going through and I didn't know how to describe it. And it was always that like, to love, to hate, to believe there's a God, to believe it's all bullshit. Like what, when you go through death, yeah. You really start to question everything you thought you knew, that con- construct that you were like born into. Yeah. And we just called it the Holy Wars. Like this is this is my holy war. Yeah. And um it stuck. <laughs> so, I love it. I, and I have to be honest with you, I love knowing all this backstory because obviously mm-hmm. you and I have interacted over the years and I've seen you play and and I'm a, such a fan and you're so incredible, but we've never sat down and had this kind of a conversation. And I think it's so important. I mean, that's a very big, small detail. It's like your name has a lot of weight. There's a lot yeah. there. And it, um, I always just thought it was a really cool band name, but I, you know, it's so, it's so much more meaningful yeah. to know that it's a really cool band name with a whole lot of importance, you know, a lot and of weight behind it. Yeah. I don't get the opportunity to tell people often because, you know, I, you know, I don't really, I yeah, can't you're not getting on stage going, let me tell you my life story. And then I'm going to sing a song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that. But I do appreciate <laughs> these moments, especially, you know, like where it's like, all right, I, I rediscover my story as I'm telling it. Cause you know, you just move forward. You don't really think about like, well, how did I get here? So when you hear it planned out, it's when you're just like, oh shit, like you really like, you just see your life. Yeah. And it's, it's fun for me to hear. And it's fun for our listeners to hear, but I've often had this experience with people where it's like when you recount it in a linear way, yeah, it kind of, to see your own map play out from a hindsight perspective, you're kind of like, I'm fucking awesome. Like I've gone through, you know, like I've gone through the shit. Here I am. And I'm all the better for it, you know, even though it's heavy. Yeah. And a lot of the the heaviest stuff probably makes you the most who you are today is going to the heaviest, you know? Totally. So So where did the Holy Wars go from there? So you had the name and then you got this incredible response. And then were you like, I guess we have a band. We should start recording. Is that pretty much the natural conversation that happened? Exactly. It was like, we got to record this music now. <laughs> so we, we, and I remember which we, we didn't even have enough music to fill a set at that point. So we were like, before, when we did the song, uh, did the show, we were writing music like right before it, like, let's just write something that we have to like close the show with <laughs> that. I don't think everyone, everyone's ever, anyone's heard in, in a recording yet. Yeah. Like our, 
<laughs> what that closer was um, because we just, it was very punk and joy, like joy division vibes. So yeah. we didn't really actually do anything with it, but yeah, we did, we recorded. And then um, right when that happened, our old, like our old music got a sync that we didn't even have a team attached to it. Cause I let go of everybody two years before right. and I had to handle it myself. And it was like this, Oh, we want to use this for an Amazon prime show. And it got to me somehow. And I was like, I guess I have to work the deal myself. And I ended up negotiating a deal that till this day, I don't know how I did. It. I was like shaking. Like, <laughs> can I do this? So we started the band on this sync that we got. It was, and it's really like, it really shows me like everything happens the exact time you're supposed to have it because we were able to record because of it. We were able to get, I mean, hire a publicist to like get pub, LA times to write about us, to get other people to be like, Oh, you're written up in this thing. You know, like everything led to another thing. Um, so yeah, we did all the things we did music videos. We played our asses off that year because I personally needed the training on how to get on stage again and also learn this new person I was mm -hmm. and Nick too. And he developed and changed so much as a performer. Cause in our old band, we were very different than we were now. Like, I think yeah. cause we both went through all this together. It was almost like the music was our catharsis. Like he was performing in a way of like thrashing the guitar, like everything he couldn't say about how he was feeling in person is everything he showed with his guitar. And I'm flailing around the stage. It literally was like, just like our, like, <laughs> let it out showing you what we felt like. Yeah. Um, and it worked, you know, obviously people resonated and then that the body of work that we got, got us a manager and here we are today. And then, you know, we've been climbing ever since and we've made, you know, mistakes. We've made, we've signed good deals, bad deals. You know, we've, we've, yeah. been, we've been through it in three years or well, four years now, actually. <laughs> um, that first year, but like everything was like a learning process. And I think the last, this last year and the year before really showed us who we are today. And we really started to make the milestones we've always wanted. So. Yeah. Now I have to ask, and I don't know that there's any direct answer to this, but being with the successes you've had and the growth you've had as a band, how do you relate now living in California with like cousins and your older brother and sister and that family dynamic? <clears throat> Excuse I, I don't me. really have one, to be honest. I my sister and I are close. She lives in Colorado though, and she's a single mom, and you know, she and she's going through her own thing. So, uh, but we're, I don't talk to my brother. So he, I haven't talked to him since I was a teenager, but, um, I don't, you know, death is a fucking funny thing. People leave you. <laughs> like I, I, my, my, my uncles, my aunts, nobody talks to me and my sister. They literally just were like, bye. Yeah. I have cousins that live in Saugus. I never yeah. hear from them. I do have a cousin that lives, um, he always like, comments and talks to me on Facebook and has reached out wanting to yeah. like hang out. So I can't say they all were like that. Yeah. There have a few that have reached out, but it's just strange. Well, My, I, I asked because it is a strange thing, but notoriety is also a strange thing. As you climb and you become more well-known and as your band gets more accolades and as you have more placements and your face is more places, you know, yeah. it's funny who also comes back. That's why I was just curious if those True, relationships yeah. have changed at all through that growth that you've experienced? No, not really. Two, just two, two people have commented or like reached out on Facebook, you know, or, or, or like, even if I post something about my band getting something or we got a sync or whatever, I'll get like two people, two cousins being like, Oh, great job. I'm proud of you. But it's weird. Like I even have an, my dad's brother, like 
if I ever post anything about my dad, he'll be like, I know I miss him. So he makes, he like makes my story about my dad, his story. Yeah. But then if I ever post anything about anything I'm doing, he's never once told me he's proud of me. Like, it's just yeah. like, yeah, I have a very, like we all do. Yeah. My family is, they're just, they're not my family. We're well, just it not sounds like you've anything. chosen your family. You have Nick, you yeah. have your band, you have your friends, you know, and that's exactly. super important. Yeah. But my sister is my only blood family that I can actually say. And she's gone through the same thing. You know, I, you know, she experienced the same with our family and, and even more so because she lives in Colorado, but she's, she gets really protective over me, maybe because she's my bigger sister, but she's just like, you're literally 20 minutes away from them and they never invite you over for Christmas. Yeah. Nothing like you spend Christmas with Nick's family, which I'm fine or I'll go and see her, but they never think like, let's just extend the offer to her. Never. I've never wow. been invited. <laughs> Which wow. is weird. And you would think like, did we, did, did you not like me? Like, yeah. Was I like, did I do something but wrong? Then like, no, like we've always been, I mean, they're, my parents are really close to them too, which is so odd. So yeah. Interesting. Family is a very funny thing. And when you go through loss, you realize who really likes you. Who's and there. And, and people came around when my dad passed first, you know, cause they wanted like money from my mom, which I'm like, they have no money. Good luck. But they like when the house got left to me and my sister, then they were like, what are you gonna do with this house? And there is they were around then. People and then after so weird. People are they, so they weird. Away. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they hear this podcast. Yeah. I see you. I see you. <laughs> I know who you I know who you really are. <laughs> well and, but I mean it's I I'm thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that because I, you know, another thing that I like to allow people to hear with with people retelling their journeys and their stories is that at the core of all of us, no matter what stage you see someone on, they are a human off of that stage. They are going through, and oftentimes musicians and artists are the most human because that art comes, much like you've just explained, out of these tumultuous times, you know, and what resonates with other people, it's because it's authentic and it's, and it's real and it sits in their gut just as much as it came out of yours, you know? And, and it's one of those things that it's really easy to see somebody like you who's on stage, who is just huge and think she doesn't have any, there's nothing, you know what I mean? Like her life's gravy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Without realizing that the thing that you see that you appreciate came from and continues to evolve from a life mm-hmm. that's being lived on a very human level. Yeah, you it's know? so true. And I, you're right. I think that is the most relatable is even though like we put musicians and uh, as a, on this pedestal, like you're right, like they don't like, oh, like what problems could they have? Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, think about all the, the, the songs written out of drug addiction, you know, like, or like losing friends. Like there's so much and it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say darkness, it just comes from real heavy life experiences yeah. that create some of the most beautiful music that could potentially help somebody else that's going through a similar situation. Totally. So, so where are the Holy Wars now? What are you guys working on? Are you writing right now? Has 2020 yeah. been a, a sit tight year? Has it been, because performing, I'm assuming for you, like everyone else has been limited or put yeah. online. We did a, do a little online, a few things here and there, but man, like it's so hard to do online. It's just not the same, right? Not, like, well, especially, especially in your stylings, genre, energy level, yeah. like your performance style. You are yeah, an in life. The audience. Yeah, you are an in life. I mean, which is why I 
it's so magnetic. You are an in life, like we're going to go through this together. <laughs> like buckle up kids, the other side. buckle up kids. You're going to, yeah. you're going to feel something tonight and you're going to go out, you're going to leave this building like on a 10, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, I really appreciate so, it. Cause you never know how people perceive it, but I know what I feel like when I'm up there, but it's cool to hear that people feel what I'm feeling too. Which yeah. Is, which, but I, yeah. but I could imagine that that would be squashed a little bit by a zoom screen. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I don't blame anybody too that said doesn't want to watch Zoom or, or, or like a Instagram live or something, you know, because it's so it's so easy to cl- click on and then see a song and then click off. When right. you're at a live show, you're in it for that journey. Um, so yeah, we, we're not really doing that, but we have been writing a lot and a lot of different things too, not just for Holy Wars. Um, luckily, sync has kept us going and that sync writing has helped us write more Holy Wars music. But we released uh, two songs this year that we actually had recorded ready to go last year and held our release plans because of everything like COVID right. and, and also this, this uh, civil rights movement. Like we were like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't be talking in let right you know, now. And exactly. Like I felt... Like most of us did, let's like be a part of the change and not be like, hey, but what about this? You know, so we did start to release later in the year once we felt like, okay, this is a good time. Maybe people want to hear this music again, you know, Um, so we released to the songs, but it was uh, our song got on uh, WWE official theme song. It's so from, song from last year yeah that just randomly happened fr- finding us from spotify you know it was like one of those things random yeah. things that you're like wow this just fell which was like the greatest thing for holy wars because then that really gave us a push to release little gods and that song ended up being a big door opener for us which none of us could have predicted because it was very different than what we've released in the past like mm-hmm. it had a lot more energy uh, a little bit more like Rage Against the Machine. I was starting kind of, kind of like pulling from Pep Squad without even knowing it. Because yeah. like once you start doing a lot of things at the same time, it's like you're moving. Well, yeah, and those energies, you know, cross-collaborate. I mean, you're one body holding multiple styles of, of expression. So, you know, there's going to yeah. be crossover and bleed in directions that inspire you in ways maybe they wouldn't have before until you started 100%. discovering this new area of, you know, putting it out there. Yeah, where I was like, I didn't know I could do like spoken word rapid fire for, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff. now I know. So that song opened the door for Spotify and Allison, who handles all of, like the rock playlists, really took to that song and like even messaged us personally. And she's been like very good to us for a few years, but she even was like, this sound, it's I awesome. love the sound from you guys. Like whatever this is, like, please tell me you have more coming like that. And to have that insight was such a gift for us because Nick and I, we write a lot of music for different things. So Holy Wars could be whatever we want it to be. It's just, what do we want it to sound like? You know, and that's the thing. And what's authentic for us for that? That's such a great point because I think that's something that is so interesting about bands in general, artists in general, is that there's this thing, right? Where it's like, you create what you feel, you create what you know, but then there's also the things that resonate with other people. And inevitably, some of the things resonate harder on a bigger scale than some Mm -hmm. of the other things that might be what we now, you know, would call a B-side, or it's something that is personal to you, and it's going to go on the record, but it's never going to be the single, you know? But getting a little bit of insight from somebody who represents mass amounts of people, 
<clears throat> excuse me, massive amounts be and just going like this sound, I don't know what it is, but it's resonating. It's nice to get those tokens because not yeah. that you want to go altering your altering your system and process of writing. You write what you write, but having a guiding post, like a guiding light out there that just kind of goes, let's aim toward that. Yeah. Is right. it's a benefit. I mean, that's something because we're all trying to make a living at this, obviously. So if you, you have, have somebody, yeah. hopefully, I mean, that's the goal yeah. to yeah. make a living doing what you love and are gifted to do. So to have like somebody drop a pearl of like, hey, this thing's sitting really well. Yeah. Please I mean, continue. Been, seriously, like I I'm I'm one thing I can say I'm the most grateful for this year is that because having that insight and because a lot of things that have stalled Holy Wars, um, besides shifting focus to writing for other things, has been not knowing what we want to say. Especially after releasing that first album, Mother Father, saying something of that of that importance again. Like, what could I say that will ever match right. the truth I said in that first album? So I struggled a lot with what. Are- I want to say now that doesn't sound vapid or, you know, yeah. and, um, little gods was a different thing. Cause I, I wrote that song more as an observer of what we are becoming of, as a society for social media. And also what that is doing to me personally, which it always, I feel starts from me first because that's how it's the most authentic. And then when it's something other people are like, yeah, I feel like I am becoming like sucked up by the matrix you know, without being too preachy about it. Like you want to kind of bang your head to it too. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I love about Rage Against the Machine is like what they're saying is so, so important, but you're also like wanting to like jump around to it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So to answer your question, we, we're writing a whole album right now and we have a few songs that are going to make the album, but like, you're right. They're like more filler, but I'm still, I love them. And some of my favorite songs, but we're like, we need to follow up little gods with a song that we just know hits hard. So yeah. just yesterday we started recording, um, drums first, but, uh, we recorded three songs. We've written five in two weeks. So we're like kind of catching up to the, yeah. to the moment. So you're back into your stride. Um, yeah, like we're kind of like, oh God, we got to get back on this horse. So um, next year we're going to release this. We're probably going to do like singles, then the EP, and then by the end of the year, release a full album. And this will be our debut album. We've actually never released a full length album before. So that is awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, do we have enough material? So I'm like, we, we, we do. And, yeah. and I'm proud of this material too. It's, it's a little different than some of the stuff we've done before, and we're taking some chances. So. But I think so, that's exciting. It's it's much like you just said. It's like when you write the cathartic, there's just nothing else to write about album because it's consuming your being. You yeah. have to take some chances and and look at other directions because you're ne- you, you cannot duplicate something of that magnitude. You just can't. It's not yeah. it's not authentic like you've also said. So I yeah. love hearing that. I, take some chances. Get out there, girl. Get risky. <laughs> Get risky yeah. for the biscuit. Well, you know, I've been inspired by like pop too, where um, it's, I don't like always listen to that genre, but it's good to know, especially if I want to write with other artists. Like I always want to know what everything's happening, but that's kind of like inspiring. So I'm getting inspired by other genres to inspire this new album, which is really cool because usually I listen to what I listen to and then I write the songs, but now I'm listening to other things, which is coming into this genre. So I love it. It's going to be kind of, genre bending I feel like so I love it (laughs) do you mind if I ask you a few questions I ask everybody yes okay you touched on it a little bit before but I'm going to ask it more directly um knowing what you've know what you know now having lived the life to this point you know 
I always tell people I'm the oldest I've ever been. When people ask my age, I'm like, I'm just the oldest I've ever been. That's all I, you need to know. Why do, I, why do they ask our age? What does that matter? It's so right? stupid. I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, ask me how old I feel and then we'll go from there. Uh, exactly. But uh, all that being said, having lived up into this moment, what is something you would tell your younger self? My younger self? Um, I should have had this prepared. <laughs> no, uh, no, not at all. So much because I can talk a lot. I would probably... Yeah, what I said before, I would probably say, I guess just like, fuck it. You know what? No, I would tell myself, don't let anybody dim your light. Like, that's something I actually do tell myself today. So I would well, tell myself- Well, then you just answer my next way. question. Because I was like, what do you what do you say now being established? Yeah. And, you know? Don't, yeah. Because for too long, my personal story that I've even mentioned about exes and friend circles, I've let people make me feel ashamed of what I want to do and who I am and what I want to be. Because- they thought it was stupid or they thought like, oh, you're never going to make it or whatever. And, and, and honestly, I never came out here like, I'm going to be famous. Like, I, I always just wanted to do the art and wherever that led, it led. Of course, I had like what that meant to me. I want to have this and that. Those are my milestones. But anyways, I, I think, yeah, don't let anybody like enjoy your wins. And I'm actually learning that this year because if I'm posting or if I'm sharing with friends, I shouldn't, I should be sensitive to how other people feel, but I shouldn't feel guilty about accomplishing things Amen. that I want. Amen. I wish that for everybody. That is such great yeah. advice. I, that is such great advice. And to, just to piggyback on that, there is enough to go around. That's another thing yeah. I want people to know. Embrace your wins because there's enough to go around. Your wins are for you. Yeah. Someone else is going to have their win for them. It's so true. And, and I've seen some people in my feed being very aggressive towards others. Like, don't post about your anniversaries or because I'm here alone. You know, And I'm like, wow, that's so... So really what you're saying is you want everyone to suffer because you are. We're, and yeah. I I said to um, to Nick, actually, and this is a, you know, I will answer this question. What do I, I tell myself today? Because this is actually a new thought. I want to see wins in my feed. I want to see other people killing it. And, and it's selfish because it means I'm in the energy of winning. I'm in the energy of good Yeah, things. and you're inspired to go out and win more. Like when I see exactly. other people succeed and I feel like, you know, whether it's on a singing front or a performance front or anything of that nature. And I go, well, if they can do it, whether it's the same or different, they have just as much talent as I have. I have just as much talent as they have. And if they can do it, I can do it. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's inspiring personally. I Yeah. And that's a late thought for me because I used to be very comparing. Like, I, like we all do. Like, why did this person get that? You know, like you start to fall into these really bad, disgusting, like, habits of like victimizing. Yeah. Things. And it's and a choice. That's the thing too, is that's a choice. You yeah. could choose to go, why did they get it? Or yeah. you could choose to go, wow, they got that. I'm going to go get that. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's a new thought for me that this year's even given me where I'm like, I want like, even people that I personality, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really, I don't, I don't know. We're Facebook friends, but I like, yes. don't really know this, you know this person. Even seeing those people that I don't really think they're my friends or I see like some personality traits where I'm like, I'm going to stay far away from this person. I'm like, good for you. Good for you. You should be, you know, you work your ass off and you want this accomplishment. Why, why would I, why would I ever want to take this accomplishment accomplishment away from you? Like I totally. want you to we totally. should all be winning. And so that's also for these people that I am seeing more negative posts about 2020. I, I wish I can say that to them, but I'm like, you know what? You need to like go through this and find your path. And it's not me telling you this is not going to help you at all. So 
but it's helping me yeah, <laughs> figuring, it, figuring girl, it out for myself. Snaps to so, you. Good for you. Um, yeah. One more question. What, how do you define success and has it changed for you? You know, when you used to think be in art school or in high school and you were thinking, I'm going to go to California, what was your definition of success then versus maybe after everything you've lived through the idea of success now? And has it changed or hasn't it? It has. Yeah. I think my growing up on the East Coast in a really small town, like we just thought success was like, yeah, you just, I guess like you get in movies and you somehow become somewhat recognizable to be like, say that you've made it in some sense. But, and then with music, it was like, oh, you need to get signed to a label. And there was all these, like it changed different ways. So I did think like, well, I'm not any, or for me, like, if I'm still bartending, I'm not successful. If I'm, even though I was like at that same time sinking and having stuff, but I've always come from, from like a working family. Like my dad worked, uh, I mean, he retired, but he passed during his retirement, like his first year. So he pretty much worked literally his whole life. So I kept working, even though I was doing things and accomplishing things, I still was like, I have to keep working because I need to have this steady cash flow to know that I will always have a job. But I would say for me, success was when I was able to stop bartending. <laughs> so that was my yeah. it's a small, it's a small win, you know, for some other people. But to me, it's like I I, I can support myself on music. Yeah. So yeah. that is that is my biggest one. But it does have different legs of like landing a nice playlist or landing an, uh, a big sink that like, I always had this number in my head of what I wanted to sell my music for and that actually achieved that. And that actually happened. I'm like, great now, but it always ups the ante. It's yeah. Like, now well, you're like, now, now I got to up I, that number. Yeah. <laughs> now I need this, you know? So I do want to always remember where I came from, but also keep in mind where I want to go, but more importantly, be happy with what I have today. And I'm learning now, like every milestone I've, I've made either for myself or it's just happened by the universe or whatever. Uh, it's, it's like where I need to be right now. And then that's going to move me to where I want to go tomorrow. So I love. I hope it. that answers your question. Totally. Well, I think, I, I think what you're just saying is that it's relish the successes as they come. That is success. It's like, if you can acknowledge that I set this goal and achieved it, I'm become, I'm a successful person. If I set the next goal and I achieve it, I'm yeah. a successful person. I'm moving forward and evolving in my life and in yeah. the direction that my brain and my heart and my dreams want to see me go instead of being, you know, um, distracted or reliant on something else entirely or partially. I have committed and succeeded at achieving the goals that allow me to live the lifestyle that is what I desire to do, you know? Um, right. And, and I, I think putting real faces and real names to these goals. Yeah. Where it's like, say you came here and said, oh, I just want to like be a famous musician. That's so vague. And there's so many ways. So like, broad. You know, it's so broad. So if you're like, I want to be repped by this management company, boom, goal done, one. Yeah next goal, you know? And I, that was, yeah, you're, was, you're setting a track record of successes. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe you will finally lead to that big broad thing, but really like, I don't know. I think fame is fleeting anyway. <laughs> so like to buy I'd, a house I'd rather be day, rich and not famous. <laughs> exactly. Be able to support myself in music and yeah. like have to, you know, like to always have work. I guess that's what it is to always be desired for work. Like that's my goal is like, to be able to grow through this career and still have publishing companies calling me to write them songs, like to have that, 
I think is going to be successful because I'd rather have the longevity of this career versus like a burn bright, burn out fast kind of a thing. Totally. I completely agree. Well, I definitely think you're already on that train. So that's good news. Those (laughs) those wheels are in motion for you. Um, you. Where should our listeners find you, Kat, and the band and all your bands? Uh, Tell me all the projects Uh, that we should be following and, and what we should guide them to go find you at. All right. Well, Holy Wars, uh, holywarsmusic.com. But on every handle, you can find us as Holy Wars Music because there's a big mega death community over Holy Wars. That's like, <laughs> so if you just Google Holy Wars, you're going to see a shit ton of mega death stuff. So Holy Wars Music. And then um, Pep Squad, Pep Squad Rah Rah, R A H, Pep Squad Rah Rah. That's more like of our fun project with Curtis, who has also death. been on this yeah, podcast, Curtis oh, Peoples. Hey, yeah, he's lived a life too. Like we always compare our lives yeah. just because like I feel like he's had nine lives just just the same and we both just keep going. But um, yeah, and then Cat Leone, I am Cat Leone. Uh, that's a lot of the music that we've written for trailers and stuff, which has more of cinematic stuff. And and, and it's music I still, I love. Like it's, it's never, I'm sure you did the same too, where it's like anything I write, it's me in that. Even totally. if it is for like... This commercial. Well, it's I like, just think that the the aspect you're talking about allows it's brilliant because it allows creatives to actually be creative in ways that is not confined by what a band yeah. should kind of be. Like you said, you're going to get experimental with the Holy Wars, but people have an idea of what you guys are in a sense, right? But oh. if you're writing for a commercial and it's Target and you get to be like, la, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's yeah. still you, but it gets to be a version of you you may not get to put in your set. A hundred percent. And I feel like we're all multifaceted. So why can't we be all these things? Like I used to have that old way of thinking of like, no, it's my band. One thing, all eggs in this basket. We're going to live and die by this band. And I'm so happy we don't do that and do a lot of different things because it makes our band better from doing all these different things. So totally. Yeah. Well, you are just wonderful. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad you came on the podcast. (laughs) It's so fun to have you here. It's so incredible to hear your story because it's an, it's a miraculous and beautiful and painful and glorious one. And, um, that's life, you know, that's the whole mm-hmm. point. So thank you for being my guest, Kat. I'm super appreciative. And this has been honestly like my favorite podcast. I'm not just saying that. It's not like, we're, like, I'm not like, like this city. I'm like, hey, New York, we love you. We love Wisconsin. No, like th- this has been like the most, because honestly, I've learned a lot as I was talking, which has never happened in any previous podcast where that I've been like so happy. rediscovering myself and leaving this, this engagement as like kind of feeling feeling a lot lighter. So thank you for this. I really I love it. it. Thank you. <laughs> and when the world opens back up next time I can come visit, let's write or hang or grab a beer or whatever. Yeah, Arizona, not that far. Was Girl, you come out. I'll show you the town in, in its yeah. half-closed form. But I will show you the town and we can write music and jam and do whatever else and drink I beer. would love that. You're, you're a force yourself. So I just, it, being around other talented creatives is, is really inspiring. Anytime so. the door is open, you just let me know when you're coming. I, I sh- Like surprisingly, that actually happens to me. People are like, hey, we're coming this weekend. Can we stay at your house? Oh, wow. Anytime you want. So All right. yes, when I will keep it safe though. When the when the world's open, I will I will keep safe with the COVID for Sounds you. I will good. be like, here's all my germs. Hello. I, your germs I'll take any day. <laughs> any day. All right, you will have a wonderful day. Thank you for being my guest and let's talk soon. Okay, for sure. Bye you. Bye. <laughs> 
is brought to you by Guitar Lessons with Drew Hall. If you've ever wanted to start to learn guitar, or if you've been playing for years and want to raise your playing to the next level, contact Drew Hall for private lessons. Lessons are specially designed for each individual student that focus on your musical interests, goals, and even how you learn. All styles and skill levels are welcome. Lessons are also available over Skype. To book, please call 928-848-6784 or by email at drewhallguitarplayer at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? or a company that would like to advertise with us, shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. Get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming. Your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.